Hi, welcome to the Sanctioned Citizen podcast of the summer of 2021. I am your hostess, Tempest Del Fuego. It's hot. This is the hardest podcast I think I've ever done. Even under terrible duress in 2011, at least I could put it together. This is a complex and under pure heat duress. So I appreciate any listens I get to this podcast because it is timely and it is full throttled with all the speed that can be hustled in one night. So the first thing I want to do is give a shout out to an antitrust winner. Yes, that would be the NCAA College League. You probably didn't know how many friends in the world you actually had who wanted to see you get paid. That's right. So I've been dancing around my house saying, name, image, likeness, name, image, likeness. And that Supreme Court vote was nine to zero. No one in the Supreme Court believed that in a day and age of YouTube celebs and NFTs, college athletes should not be able to make money from their own identity property. This changes a lot of things for a lot of us, and none too soon. Because the CCP's global market is coming for what? Your name, image, likeness. In terms of AWS channeling your biometric imprints. That is not good. I'll tell you more about that later. Anyways, this is an enforceable action in context of antitrust, which could come none too soon. There are five antitrust bills on the docket right now, waiting for their their wave of approval from on the bill on the hill. There's just a lot of them. They're trying to integrate the effort. It's trying, and the stopgap or the things that's slowing it down right now is the claim to innovation. I will get to this. So I think to say one thing for this week, it's only Tuesday, but China's response was to yank $3 billion right off the crypto market this morning or late last night, China time, because, well, they're really bad sports. You know, the point of competing is that sometimes we lose. And that's kind of lost on them, I guess. And that hasn't stopped them from producing more copycat policy to match the West. And that is China's own antitrust policies. And we will unpack that shortly. But first, I wanted to give an update to the effort to free Mr. Julian Assange from indictment ambiguity and he is being indicted by the US so yes you can indict a ham sandwich Julian's legal team managed to get the US indictment unsealed it was sealed which not legal I don't know what universe that was coordinated from but it was a sealed indictment so that was the first leg of this crazy legal battle which is ongoing for time served it has been essentially 10 years of some form of movement limitation he was crabbed up in the ecuadorian embassy for a long time years and u.s state condemnation for wikileaks publishing uh seems to have been a crime against the five eyes intelligence agencies for for a reason of humiliation or something else there, there isn't really a, a strong criminal element 
other than he did something unholy, he knocked over some cows. So he is being held in a UK prison. He's not a US citizen, and he's now in need of additional advocacy work to unhook him from these US charges of espionage. Um, the US intelligence services are not a practical law enforcement body. In fact, they manufacture charges based on sometimes not so great or untrue intelligence as disinformation. They're disinformation people, they're spies. So what they will do is they will manufacture a false information so that a court system may be misled. They're not a practical law enforcement body. So pinning a justice service based on their accounting is, is not good. It's time to move the legal proof from U.S. intelligence services to the DOJ, out of the hands of the claimants, into a court process where charges can be examined. So much of the containment of Mr. Assange is being performed under what I call a false light. He published government cables. The charges against Assange need to suffer tests of reasonable doubt and a jury of his peers, who likely would not represent the intelligence community at large or the media trolls who asked for his death during the Obama administration. So if there's any conviction that evolves, a battalion of defense lawyers should help him procure time served and appropriate humane sentencing that allows him to address medical care and basic needs, if anything. So I urge you to sign the change.org petition to improve his search for justice where he may get off. You know, it's been 10 years. I think it's enough. Time served. Listed before the sources linked up in this podcast. So similarly, we are holding hope for Apple Daily Hong Kong editors that were jailed by the CCP recently, as in like maybe last night, night before last, for the by the CCP for crimes of being an adversarial press to the Chinese government. The Apple Daily is sinking, but there is hope if a free press agent buys them, perhaps a massive Australian media magnet like, I don't know, Mur Rupert Murdoch? You know, Apple Daily is not necessarily a state-owned enterprise. So buy Apple Daily now. So Hong Kong will not be reduced to an adversarial press consisting of contraband street sheets passed down underneath a dumpling order. Or worse, you know, publishing your, your, your press musings on Substack. Oh my god, like every other communist canceled by proxy journalist in America, Glenn Greenwald. You know... We have seen what they did to Jimmy Lai, and we want your freedom, okay? So, before I move on, I need to do a few local shout-outs. One to my neighbors in eSports, Nate and Shannon. Nate attended a Mariners game with three of his friends. It's a party of four. While three of them were vaccinated, it was more important to be together, unmasked at the Mariners game with their one unvaxxed friend. So they all sat together in the unvaccinated section. So I just wanted to say a lot of people feel the same way you do, Nate and Shannon. After spending eight months apart from your friends, you're not going to let an unvarnished vaccination segregation attempt by Governor Inslee stand in the way of being together. Thank you for being a, an example of great friendship. So I'm also giving a shout out to working Washington State Legislators, Representative Jim Walsh and Roger Goodman and working together on a fact-finding mission to discover 
Interlocal systemic breakdowns linked to last summer's failed state occupancy of Chop Jazz. The Chop. So we will know more soon. Documents are forthcoming. I might note that the Institute of Anarchist Studies in Portland, the PNW's Antifa incubator, has sponsored several Indigenous Days of Rage. That's problematic because they are most likely white kids and sometimes dual Israeli citizens organizing street riots as Indigenous Days of Rage. You know, it's really important to point out that the Paiute and other Oregon tribes are not flooding the streets, setting fire to federal buildings, despite any of their grievances, whatever they may be. Antifa gets to own that all by themselves. Sorry, Antifa, it still deserves a call-out for cultural appropriation of all things uh, of the native grievance. The IAS and all their anti-racist table lit in the world does not appoint you as officials by any tribe to pull their civic freight. Those folks are carefully chosen. Even relatives and longtime allies are not allowed to just jump up and represent tribal interests. Tribal government is still government. Native nations are sovereign states recognized internationally. Unless a tribal elder sees you, you are more than likely recognized as not tribal government and interlopers. I will move on. Finally, an, an, an event announcement. A July 1st demonstration sponsored by the Chinese Human Rights Alliance of Seattle uh, will be holding a march against the entrenchments of the Communist Pe People's Republic of China. For more information, visit freerchina.org. And I might add, please use a page translator because most of it is in Chinese characters. I, I couldn't read it with that one. So, I wanted to mention the, if local CCP real estate buys are a problem for you, I got something for you. Texas Representative Chip Roy is sponsoring the Secure America's Land from Foreign Interference Act. And what this does is it cuts off any further American land buys and maybe finds a way to get those, those CCP real estate ownership claims like dissolved. And there are competing claims. There are moves to dissolve American claims in China to real estate and or properties. Uh, so I, I feel like this is, this is kind of the trend. This is kind of where it's going. So in order to extract our interests from one another, decouple Trimerica as it would be, uh, the, the real estate needs to be discussed. And it needs to be separated. Thank you. So if this is something that you're in favor of, please support Texas Representative Chip Roy and all of his co-sponsors, Democrat and Republican and Independent and Libertarian of all stripes of American representation in the House and get something done. So I do have an update on the Bellevue City Hall query. There was literally no yield. Like, they made no papers. They made no documents on this. On any of CCP hires 
or Iranian national hires uh, at Bellevue City Hall. I don't know if it's true or not because governments lie like constantly, but I did want to follow up on that as a sidebar lead. <coughs> a while, currently unconfirmed, a variety of different local sources allege that what I call raccoon government agendas, the onerous random garbage and waste ticketing, or the remand for paying fees for waste administration and online services you don't use, is actually, bum bum bum, Japanese waste management contract administrators. Uh, if this is happening to you, there is a growing legal movement against bad contracts. So you can tell your property management that legally, these clauses are unenforceable. What you do is you take a little pen when you're right doing your lease and you strike through those non-use pay mandates on your contract because they are not, they're not lawful. You bear right of refusal to pay for services you do not use. Leasing agents may try to threaten and bully and pull a must-pay kind of lie. It's all really bad faith. They pretend it's legal. So we had to hire a lawyer a couple times. So by proxy, this is my free gift to you. I would still urge you to run it through a lawyer of your own. Well, with all of that all out of the way, um, I can move on to more news and conclusions. But this happens quite, quite a lot here in the PNW. The pay for services you don't use thing in your lease. It's $25 and 25 more dollars and 25 more dollars till you're dead. Okay. Has anyone noticed there's a real sudden interest in linking antitrust agendas to identity? No? Well, that's what I'm here for. Let's unpack this together right now. So what's at stake? Your DNA. They want your body. So there wasn't much of a globalized side of Donald Trump that you could really see. But it did come through, you know, if we're going to compare it to like a yin-yang, there's always like a black dot in the white, you know, white swimmer part of the yin-yang. So his black dot was actually DHS. So it came through quite vividly in DHS' choice to contract Amazon's AWS. He didn't even like Amazon. So this definitely is his dark side. So he contracted Amazon's AWS to carry a global identity program unchecked. This HART program, H-A-R-T, was the prize solution facing the apparent menace of droves of refugees and unidentified asylum seekers approaching the United States borders for safe harbor. In the final phase, American DNA and visitor DNA would be cataloged in a global exchange system. A tit-for-tat, if you will. I have a very narrow issue base that I'm trying to keep steady watch over, and it is not identity politics, it is identity meaning like biometric identity, identity mandates. Because these are the things, these are the steerages that will put you right into genocide. And genocide is what we're trying to stop here. We're trying to keep people alive for being them. We're trying to keep people in ownership of themselves so that they don't lose their personal sovereignty 
as Americans or anyone of any citizenship anywhere. You must retain self-ownership. And if you cannot control the aspect of your identity, like who has it, what it's being used for, then there's going to be a, a segment of control that definitely gets away from you. And this digital age is a chronic, chronic test at all times of these principles. So for being such a narrow plate, it is a giant job. So, okay, DNA. So while heads are turning towards the Texas border, where traditional policing, if it's used, will deter cr criminal gang operations, there are asylum seekers as refugees who will continue to be conflated with criminal alien activity. And those who focus a really hard eye onto identity mandates. So, this is crucial. UN refugee programs internationally are being urged to drop digital biometric identity requirements due to diverse known harms particularly to women and children seeking aid. So these are known harms. Let's move on. In governing identity mandates, what's good for the goose is also extended to the, to the gander. DHS administration of biometric uh, you know, capture administration in the exit programs for U.S. travelers is still kind of up in the air. Mayorkas is now facing the integration of new chokes on biometric standards as global government backlashes are being heaved up from over 40 countries roundly condemning the uses of digital biometric identity. I think it's a good trend. I think we should, uh, we should do something in that direction. So, of course, none of this deters the work of China to cut into biometrics as a means of digital payment. But the UK Human Rights Court also released a ruling condemning biometrics as a means of surveillance and indirect non-consensual collection, holding the potential to indefinitely violate the rights of all humans. Are you a human? Then this will violate you. Biometrics will violate. So I have seen the law firms, the law firms, I guess there's going to be more than one, releasing a news brief saying, I, I scuttle these results of this ruling as if it were never said. And so if you are sure I am factually incorrect in my speaking of this UK human rights court ruling on biometrics, send your substantiated corrections to privacy is a spider at protonmail.com. I, I just want to see what your, what your fact-based argument might be. Now, it's not going to be to shout me down for capitalist heresy on a tech socialist lift serve. That does not count. Stalking a podcaster and taking their license plate number for future harassment does not count. You have to use whatever weak intellectual mu muscles you have. You have to find contravening arguments, legal arguments, perhaps not approved by the mothership, and then you send me factual proof of a fact error. Sorry, that is Journo 101. I don't make the rules. So this complicates U.S. antitrust means to check privacy violation as the CCP is harmonizing their own antitrust agenda on big tech mobile pay systems like WePay. What is harmonization? 
Harmonization is a globalist label to describe a coordinated governing process where the regulations and compliance are the same for every country who engages a government or global trade agreement issue base. In this case, it would be like anything from immigration to digital pay systems, trade and exchange, using China's mobile network, maybe 5G, any kind of webbed up cloud-based, cloud-reliant, you know, IP touching their cheese. So it's a scrambling environment legally, um, and it's leading Western partners to hurry up, you know, innovation and pilot biometric systems that, you know, will pay with a body part, like your face, your palm, your eyes, a fingerprint, etc., etc., because the legally authorized use window is going to start closing for biometric fintech purveyors over 40 countries. It's organized. It's going to end. So an example of one such effort is the one payment system being tried in six Whole Foods retail outlets. It's hard for me to get it out of my mouth. I, I nearly passed out in the supermarket. I had a trigger, a legit triggering episode and let me just talk about triggering for two seconds. Triggering is when you have a traumatic experience and then you run across something that, that has some sort of PTSD affect on that experience. I don't recommend PTSD to anyone, but if you have ever been legitimately traumatized by something in your life and you have a PTSD reaction, a stress reaction... Uh, that is a trigger. The normalization of, of someone getting, you know, very upset because their belief systems are challenged or because they've heard new information they've never been exposed to before, that can't be a trigger because there's no prior basis for trauma. And so triggering is a legitimate uh symptom that is appropriated for PTSD. It is a stress response for people who have very serious mental health conditions sometimes. PTSD is one of them. Complex PTSD is another. Borderline personality is another. Sometimes narcissistic personalities have those problems as well. Sometimes people who've been, you know, on and on and on and on. But it's not for people who don't like what you're saying because they don't agree with it. You can't just get triggered. You have to have prior experience. So this use and bludgeoning professors over the term, I've been triggered, doesn't have a real medical use. Unless they can come back with a note from their psychotherapist that this thing that was brought up in the class trigger them, it still would not be the professor's responsibility to manage that person. From a psychological standpoint, that person who has the trigger is responsible to manage the trigger. Not the professor, not the person or the innocent circumstance that possessed a trigger, but the person who's experiencing the stressful episode. You remove yourself from the scene. You deal with your emotions. You own how you feel like a big adult person. 
And then when you're ready to come back and rejoin normative humanity in a respectful way, respecting yourself, respecting others, that is how you manage a trigger. But you don't make the world carpeted for your emotional hairpin grenades. That's not how it works. That's not how big adult life goes. Because at some point, you're going to run across a situation where you absolutely cannot control what is going on. And that might produce a trauma situation. Then you'll have a real trigger. So let me get back. So, scrambling environment. We've got this one payment system. Yes, and it did trigger me, because... There's a situation there. Okay, so the one payment system, you hold your palm over this this uh, vein reading scanner, and it indicates and records the veins in your hand and associates it with your, your, your debit or your credit card to pay. So when you use the one scanner, you, you use your hand and it pays the system the balance on the screen. Now, what a cool trick! If you're a technologist, isn't that cool? Biometrics is cool, right? No, because it's AWS and Whole Foods, and I don't want to pay Whole Foods with my body. That's gross. It used to be cool to go to Whole Foods because Whole Foods was granola. And they used to believe in sovereignty, and it was out of Austin, Texas. But then the guy who owned Whole Foods sold it to Jeff Bezos' Amazon. And now it's an Amazon Prime, and everything will be robotic and give you crappy prices that are not able to be recognized because it's Amazon and we fix the prices. Which is why they suffer antitrust. I'm gonna go on. Okay. So they Amazon has earned a lot of antitrust scrutiny right now because of things just like this. China's aggressions towards, say, like billionaires like Jack Ma and their own antitrust, uh, may be brushed under by their press. You know, and Jack Ma's big crime is harboring data capital of some sort. But the issue there is data as a commodity. Okay, the CCP is further socializing or nationalizing all data silos as it would like an oil field or a farm commodity like rice or steel. So this creates a huge counterbalance in the U.S. Congress who seems to be working on an agenda to harmonize their own antitrust policies because these are multinationals for big tech, okay? They're not just dealing with big tech in Silicon Valley, California. It's Silicon Valley, California, and China, and India, and parts of North, uh, Northern Europe and Europe, different places all over the world. So they're webbed in lots of places and in many industries. They're inside of healthcare. They're inside of, of artificial intelligence. And it's, it's just blooming and blooming and blooming. And at some point, um, this overgrowth okay, is becoming quite controlling, and you're not going to choose who gets to control what Google does. Google is censoring. 
the content that they control on their platform. They are doing it. So, but the CCP is already a known problem for being a totalitarian state. So nationalizing all data means, like, if you ever use a WePay app or something in that WePay app third-party ecosystem, then all their data, all your data are belong to them. And let's say in that ecosystem they use something that belongs to AWS. China has this nasty habit of putting conditions on the vendors that they work with. So they might turn to AWS and say, give all your data to us, otherwise no business, because we are China. And AWS says, okay, we don't care. And then they fork it over because multinational. So this creates a problem, either directly or indirectly, with Chinese business continuity in mind with antitrust. So if AWS is a global service provider of secure cloud services for both Chinese actors and the U.S. government, Boy, does that get complicated. Um, they have contracts to secure a cloud port for, say, like the CIA, and more to the point, DHS, for the HART program, H-A-R-T, which is collecting DNA from everybody. If AWS also does business with the CCP, there may be a harmonization condition that all data corroborated through their systems for secured cloud or mobile payment also become CCP data-backed currency for their marketplace. So this is a very treacherous crossroad because AWS can lose China and also lose America. However, at some point, U.S. sovereignty has to be a cause of overriding concern. AWS cannot serve two masters. They must choose one in this massive competition conflict. So, if they choose the People's Republic of Pay With Your Body, the American government has an absolute duty to confound AWS's every effort and move U.S. biometric data centers away from the CCP's payment and DNA silos. We have an absolute duty to protect American identity. Full stop. There's my ultimate suspicion that U.S. biometrics deals with the devil. And the devil being in the details was that China could continue to manufacture these biometric payment systems in exchange for providing security and cloud-based AI equipment to our government infrastructure contracts as pay surveillance contractors. They'd done it before. So if it seems as though it should not be this way, and it should not be this way, you may point all of your direct ire and questions to your local congressional official or your U.S. senator. A simple way to ask in favor of your interest would be to clearly cite and ask, would you please ban all current and future uses and any contracts, U.S. contracts for biometrics in the United States as a world actor? Just, just ban it. Because we know if we don't do it, it will be co-opted for a human rights crime somewhere down the line. It has happened. It's going to continue to happen. It's happening now. 
So it's especially important to do this now and to claim certain ownership of your identity as personal property because high-handed efforts led by Google, Facebook, Amazon, and their K Street Rent-A-Want Coalition are deliberately slowing these antitrust efforts to favor innovation. I mentioned this at the beginning. I said, I've covered in the past that innovation is position subterfuge for pouring concrete over your private property claims to the exclusive benefit of big tech's multinational agreements with China and India. Okay, so luckily for you, this is not quick dry cement, but a legal process where you always all own your stuff and you always own yourself in America. However, don't give them the idea that you went to sleep. They have real aims to pave over your interest by just throwing it in another foreign jurisdiction. So if you don't get up now and evoke your data ownership rights today, I mean, call 2.30 in the morning if you are listening to this and leave a message. Write an email. It's not that hard. To include that of your own health records and your body. Say, I own my health records. I own my body. You know, we will be here fighting for enforcement grievances and, and access to your stuff you already own if you don't do this. We will be here 10 years from now, 15 years from now, fighting enforcement grievances and access to stuff you already own. Your own body. And it's going to be way out of reach because it will be in China where they don't care about you. And it will be with Google, who has already been so cavalier with everything you give them. So let's discuss Exit. Exit is the DHS biometric pilot that was aimed at Americans for leaving international travel. So it needs a constructive dirt nap. Okay, no American's DNA needs to go into a pre-crime database to leave the country. Similarly, DNA of a dead or catastrophically dehumanized migrant based on the request of a family member should be a voluntary process where information protections are not delegated to a disinterested third party like AWS. That would be Amazon Web Services. Due to the intimate nature of the information, I, unlike reports of some people who govern this this country of the United States of America, am not a cavewoman with no prior notice of these issues. I know there are limits to the consensual uses of any personal information you give to the government based on purpose and specificity. Privacy Act of 1974. You may revoke consent at any time and present written copies to DHS and your U.S. Congressional Representative for reference at a later time. However, if AWS will give my personal information to China as a business continuity concession during a difficult business transition period, I'm not sure why the American government is going to do business with them at all or be able to forgive them if that's even in the book. You know, we do not owe China anything after COVID-19. It should wipe the balance sheet clean based on collective damages set towards the U.S. and the West. But you know what? They're asking for blood. They asked for a blood debt. After this COVID business and a Nobel Prize, if you can believe it. U.S. business interests struggling to let go of U.S. corporate fascist fantasy lands may have to surrender Disneyland China or they won't have a domestic future without collective repressive government. It's unfortunate. 
If CCP-led actions in Hong Kong are any litmus test to what can happen to a thriving economic city-state under China's rule, we bear grave risk in not using their lessons to teach us. And here's a lesson. It's a cultural advisory against allowing business interests to lull us into a poisonous and self-destructive form of complacency for dealing in a permissions-based landscape for certain technocratic tyranny. It will happen. It is happening. It has happened. It happened. In China. In Hong Kong. And and leaves and sheaves every time a good American is censored by the technocratic operators. And these big technical companies. So let's comport with international groups working to ban these U.S.-led biometric programs. We have plenty of westernized interests who will back us up, help us sever the ties that bind. For instance, U.S. Senators Markey and Merkley are working on a bill to ban, excuse me, ban facial recognition for U.S. uses. It's a start. So now is the time to support this work, because if we don't, Amazon will play the hidden hand of the Chinese government over your body parts collected over time to back their currency system. So if, uh, if big tech is broken apart in antitrust, meaning the APAC arms are twisted off of the crab so that the U.S. people retain the effects of privacy and private property without being fleeced abroad, the U.S. and EU allies, are, and frankly all free societies, have a win. For salt's sake, you can benefit from the political work of people you normally don't like and don't agree with on their basic partisan platforms. They can also benefit from hearing you in their work. That is the key of representative government. The offenses of big tech are a tower swaying unsteadily high in the sky. If it falls disgracefully, people will be hurt. So look out for yourself. Keep your head on a swivel on this stuff. Biometrics is, is real. Thanks again for entertaining my advocacy monologue at this critical time. I hope you can find data sovereignty and self-ownership resources. This has been the Sanctioned Citizen Podcast with your hostess. I am the humble Tempest del Fuego. <laughs>